Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Cringe, cringe, yes, cringe again. Cringe, triple exclamation points. I'm sorry, but Joe Biden's speech last night was a disaster, a disaster, an apocalyptic disaster. I, Anyone, I don't care what network, who they are, anyone telling you Joe Biden's speech last night on the last night of the Democratic National Convention where he accepted the nomination for the presidency was some kind of, uh, you know, rock star Reagan-esque uh, 1980 moment here is insane. It was a mess. The guy could barely keep up with the teleprompter. We, I, I'm sitting there. I know, I know. I never opened the show, but I'm sitting there with Paula and I look over and we're sitting in bed watching and it's one of these. She looks back at me and goes, I look back at her and go, and then she looks back one more time and goes, and then I look back at her like, why? A total, total mess. I got that. I've got California turning rapidly into North Korea. I've got an interesting email from a New York City insider in the fire department that's going to blow your mind. And a new school study, again, trying to panic you that your kids are super spreaders. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Ladies and gentlemen, my online, uh, my uh, savvy listeners protect their activity online. You know how they do it? They get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. It's a VPN we use. Go there today. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. How you doing, Producer Joe? It's a long intro. I know you're not used to that, but, you know, in your worst game show voice, we have to do the... Well, it's Friday. <laughs> yeah. Nope. There it is. Yeah. Last Friday, good, we were bro. up in uh, Attila's gym. Yeah. Go support those guys, too. So yeah. uh, Joe got a, 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 an online. If you haven't watched the show, you get to see Joe actually doing it in person. Hmm. All right. We got a loaded show. Go, a lot on the disaster at the DNC yesterday. So let's get right to it. Today's show brought to you by friends at FitBot. You new to the gym or you've been lifting and exercising for years? Well, it's hard to find the right workout program and stick to it, no matter how much experience you have. It is. I have people still jacked up guys in the gym asking me, hey, what do you do working out? I'm like, you don't know. You look pretty good yourself. They don't. If you've gone to a gym without a plan, it's overwhelming. You see the weight room. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to use the machines. We've all had that experience. Even me. I go to this local gym. They have some complicated equipment. Even I can't figure it out. So I've been lifting for 30 years. Even with a trainer, it can be hard to know if you're pushing yourself too much or not enough. But with FitBod, you get a truly personalized fitness program that adapts as you go. This is the new go-to in the Bongino household. FitBod's a smart fitness app, takes all the guesswork out of planning your workouts. Its algorithm factors in your goals, experience level, equipment, workout duration, and muscle recovery to craft the perfect total body workout program for you. With each workout, the app learns your abilities and plans workouts designed to maximize your specific results. And by cycling new exercises into the mix, FitBob keeps your workouts fun and fresh and challenging. It's important. You don't want to keep doing the same thing. You're going to stop growing. Your body gets used to it. My wife absolutely loves it. We use it in this house. There's a screenshot of hers right there. And the great part about FitBot is when you're using the app, you don't know when exercise, I have a little video showing you how to use it. It's terrific. Huge favorite of both Paula and me. It combines the knowledge of fitness pros with powerful machine learning algorithms. They give you a workout, maximizes your results. Tailored to you for unique body experience and environment. No equipment, don't even worry about it. FitBot has body weight routines for you to get fit at home. It integrates with other fitness and health apps like Apple Health, Fitbit, and, Stra and Strava. Personalized training can be tough on a budget, but FitBod's only $9.99 a month or $59.99 a year. Come on, you can't beat that. It's like one training session. Cost you $59 for one training. You get that for the year, $59.99. Plus, you can try one month of workouts absolutely free. Get a personalized fitness plan. Helps you work out smarter at FitBod, F-I-T-B-O-D dot me slash Bongino. Try FitBod free for a month when you sign up today, fitbod.me slash Bongino. That's one free month when you sign up at fitbod.me slash Bongino. Go today. All right, Joe, let's go. All right, first, because it's Friday, we got to start with a little cringe because the DNC has been full of cringe. And I get it. You know, it's the first time they've had to do this thing, virtual, online, Zoomy type of thing, whatever. It was still an epic disaster. Between the something's happening here thing, which was terrible. If you saw it, you know what I mean. That singer who was doing that whole thing and he had like a cape on or something. I don't know if he was trying to be Batman or whatever. The thing has been a nonstop cringe fest. This is by far. I will never watch Seinfeld the same way again if this. This is of all the cringy moments. This is the cringiest cringe moment of the cringiest. And there have been a lot of cringy ones. Here's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. What was her name in Seinfeld? Elaine? 
Yeah. Was it Elaine Paul? I love Seinfeld. I can't even remember her name. Paula has seen every episode. I haven't seen every woman, but I will never look at Elaine the same way again. Here's Elaine from Seinfeld with Andrew Yang, who had run for president. Remember him, the Yang gang and all that stuff, the universal basic income guy. So here's a, it's, it's trying, they're trying to do some kind of a toss and they're trying to make it funny. So Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who's supposed to be funny, is trying to toss it to Yang. And this thing just descends into the cringiest moment I think I've ever seen at a political invention, up convention. <laughs> Check this out. Hey, Julia. <laughs> Hi, Andrew. I'm so glad to see you. So what did you think about Kamala Harris's speech last night? It was tremendous. I was so happy for her. I know. Me too. She's fabulous. I cannot wait to see her debate our current vice president, Mika Pines. Or uh, is it paints? It's pronounced Ponce, I believe. Oh, some kind of weird foreign name? Yeah, not very American sounding. Yeah, that's what people are saying strongly. Well, uh, thank you, Andrew. And please give my regards to the gang. I will. They're right in the next room. Have a great night, Julia. Thank you so much. Good evening, America. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah what the hell what was that that, that was so listen bad. for a seinfeld reference they should have just yada 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 oh, that whole thing. man if just yada 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 don't even bo if you watch that <laughs> if, if you're watching us on youtube by the way and you watch it's even worse you're like that can't possibly be i'm listening on digital terrestrial radio apple podcast whatever the audio is embarrassing enough. <laughs> just watch the video. It's even worse. Next time, just yada, 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 <laughs> yada, and skip the whole thing. Seinfeld fans get the joke. All right, moving on. So Biden gave his speech last night. And of course, you know, we get the political class, uh, for some reason, eager to help out Joe Biden or cover for him. I just don't get it. The reviews are in. Even Republicans say it was a it was a terrible speech. The guy couldn't get out of his own way. I'm telling you, Paula. Paula looking at me. We're looking at each other like, what is going on here? They couldn't even comb his hair right. Go back and look at it over his right ear. He's got like fuzzies hanging out. Like, get a scissor, man. Cut the guy's hair. Holy Moses. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. The guy, by the way, the dude at the teleprompter, because you know, Joe can't talk off teleprompter. He can barely talk on teleprompter, but he can't talk off teleprompter either. That dude at the teleprompter, I saw this on a, on a parlor this morning. Remember the scene in Airplane when the guy, the comedy movie Airplane, when he's flying and he's sweating, all, the guy at the teleprompter must have been sweating. Both. Someone probably had a rag and was wiping him down like, don't you, if you dare shut this teleprompter off. And so the guy was, I've been backstage as an agent when they do this. The teleprompter guy is one of the toughest jobs. You got, you know, because Obama go off script a lot. So does Trump. So you got to know, you got to pay attention the whole time. Because once he goes back on the script, you got to be like, you got to turn that dial and keep the prompter moving. I've been backstage and watched it. That guy must have been sweating. They must have had to do, he must have taken like degree or dove antiperspirant and like done his forehead to make sure like the sweat didn't get in his eyes. Total mess. Total mess. Here, I'm just going to play one short clip because here's Biden again. Why they give this guy a pass on the, it's all about character and decency front. Biden doesn't have any character. I'm really sorry to inform you, but here's Biden trying to hit on. It's all about character and decency. They're on the ballot. Well, I hope they are because we're not voting for you. Check this out. Character is on the ballot. Compassion is on the ballot. Decency, science, democracy, they're all on the ballot. Who we are as a nation, what we stand for, and most importantly, who we want to be, that's all on the ballot. And the choice could not be more clear. Yeah, choice is pretty clear, Joe, if it's about character and decency, and that choice isn't you. So the Wall Street Journal has a good piece this morning showing all the times that Mr. Character, dreaded air quotes, Joe Biden, Captain Character, you know him, Superman, uh, big uh, Captain America shield, both of them at the same, he's got the vibranium shield and the Superman powers, right? Uh, Captain Character, Joe Biden, not so much. Wall Street Journal piece, the Joe Biden we know. 
What is his long political career? What is it, 47 years? Tell us about how he how he'd govern. Let's go to a few cre- uh, screenshots here about, you know, Captain Character Joe Biden. So good. So good. Speech was awful. Last, about how many times Joe Biden's flip-flopped on major issues. Let's undress Joe Biden here. Nah, no, don't work. That's a cringe word. Right. I, mean, I mean, let's undress his Thank policies. You. Yeah. And hold. yeah <laughs> immediate correction there. Wall Street Journal. Quote, there's a reason for pessimism from the evidence of Joe Biden's long career. He's opposed taxpayer funding for abortion for four decades until he reversed himself last year. In the 1990s, he led the fight for a crime bill that he now disavows as he finds America guilty of systemic racism. Listen, it's about character, right? So he wants to put people in jail to clean up American cities until he doesn't want to put people in jail and let the criminals out. Just to be clear, Joe Biden doesn't support taxpayer funding for abortion until the liberals got on his case. And now he does. All character. At least Trump's promises he's fulfilled. Let's go to takeaway number two, Joe Biden. Remember the whole Robert Bork confirmation hearing for us older folks out there? Well, Bork was nominated to the Supreme Court. Biden said he'd probably have to vote for him because of his qualifications. Then Teddy Kennedy launched a tirade against Bork, and Mr. Biden, running the Judiciary Committee, fell right in line and borked Roger, uh, Robert Bork and destroyed his nomination. Now we have Clarence Thomas, who was a great pick. But Bork was destroyed because of Biden. The character guy character guy. Let's go to takeaway number three about Biden. Firing right through these. Biden supported the invasion of Iraq in 2002 while chairing the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Then he flipped when most Democrats did, and as the fighting became difficult, then he opposed the Iraq surge, saying it would fail. Then in 2011, he supported Barack Obama's withdrawal from Iraq that set the stage for the rise of the Islamic State. He then opposed the raid on Osama bin Laden. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden has been on the wrong side of every foreign policy issue of our time. Not according to me, but according to Bob Gates. I'll get to that in a little while, too. All about character. Well, if it's about character, Joe Biden's been in Delaware for a long time. He's been a uh, senator or some form of politician for 47 years. He's run for president about 62 times. Where is Joe Biden in Delaware? You think after 40 plus years, four decades plus, People in Delaware would have at least seen him at some event here or there. I yeah. mean, 40 years is a long time. Yeah. Joe Biden's been in office two years longer than I've been alive. Oh. Here's the great Fleckus, at Fleckus on social media, who we love. And he's got a video they took in Delaware, basically asking around, like, hey, have you seen Joe Biden? Everybody's like, oh, yeah, we see him all the time. <laughs> That's not really what they said. Check this out. Joe Biden doesn't do nothing here. I'm from, I live on East 28th Street, right across the street from the projects. I have never seen Joe Biden a day in my life, never, to come to Delaware and do anything. It's lies. It's all lies. What is he going, four years, Donald Trump's been in the office for four years cleaning up their mess for over a hundred, hundreds of years. It's right. not his fault. This right. is, they're politicians. This is the change. Donald Trump is the change for yeah, us, that's right, for the people. Man. And what they need to know. The lies right. are done. By the way, that gentleman happens to be black, which is irrelevant to conservatives that don't judge people by the melanin component of their skin, but matters a whole lot to liberals where it's everything. Now, listen, because he hasn't seen Joe Biden is not necessarily a full indictment, to be fair. But interesting that this Delaware resident, again, who happens to be black, remember, that only matters to liberals because that determines everything if you're a liberal. It means nothing if you're a conservative because we care about who you are, not the melanin component of your skin. I know that's hard for liberals to get your arms around, but that's not the way we think, right? That matters to them. And it's interesting, this guy's he's so, he doesn't seem to have any love for Joe Biden at all. Never seen him, never done a darn thing for Delaware. His words, not, not mine. Biden's a train wreck. He's an incompetent train wreck who has enriched his family with shady deals with foreign governments who are enemies of the United States And then an appoint man, the point man for the Obama administration on Ukraine had a prosecutor fired who was investigating the company his son worked for, for these shady deals. He has flip-flopped, he has lied, he is a known plagiarist, and worst part of all is all of that stuff's not going to matter because he doesn't even remember any of it because he's losing his cognitive capabilities to even determine where he is every day. Yet the media continues to cover for him. I saw it last night. Biden got up and knocked it out of the park. No, it was a mess. 
Just because Biden didn't collapse, thankfully, in the middle of the speech does not make it some kind of transformative moment in the nation's body politic. It was a terrible speech delivered in a terrible, awful tone. He could barely keep up with the prompter. This is an amazing montage. It's worth your time. This is from our friends at the Media Research Center, Newsbusters, who has, they have really terrific content. This montage on their site's about two minutes. We cut out about 10, 20 seconds for the sake of time for the show. This is a devastating montage of all of Biden's atrocious gaffes, from his racial gaffes to his documented lies. And I want you to listen to the media afterwards covering every single time Joe Biden has screwed up massively. Check this out. First mainstream African-American. Yeah who is articulate and bright and clean and nice-looking guy. I mean, it's, that's a storybook, man. Yeah. There is a part of Biden that feels more Reagan-esque that way. You're like, ah, it's Grandpa. It's Uncle Joe. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Those oh-that-Joe moments are part of his political charm. I'm beginning to see why your wife left you. So much of what is appealing about him to a lot of voters is the fact that he's authentic. I got hairy legs. The fact that he doesn't yeah. always seem scripted. The kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. Your AR-14s are This is not okay. Hold on, hold on. All right. Biden yesterday uh, showed the other side of his humanity, uh, and that is he's a fighter. You're full Right, and some people see that as charming, a candidate who's willing to air it out face to face with a guy. This is going to be a net plus for Joe Biden. Ashton Carter, Joe Biden, the vice president, was swearing him in to be defense secretary. He waved his wife over and a uh, little hands on treatment from the vice president. <laughs> Everybody knows he's a touchy feely guy and he's just very friendly. He is. He was reportedly comforting her after she fell on ice. It's spread it, love. Coon said Maggie was not uncomfortable at all. <laughs> They're going to put you all back in chains. He's making an historic reference he may not have been right to do, but it certainly wasn't malignant. I'm not even sure it had any anything to do with race. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Still, he is a master of the Thank quick you, recovery. Make sure the kids hear words. These qualities are almost endearing to voters. We choose truth over facts. They find him more believable because he makes missteps every so often all right chuck thank you very much uh, all right uh, it's chris I'm but chris. anyway <laughs> <laughs> i ended that there that goes on for like 30 more seconds but i ended it there <laughs> by the way when when joe's doing the touchy feely super oh. creepy thing he does paul is sitting there and about watching her and i think she's like Ugh, it's just gross oh. it's just it's so uncomfortable it's just listen just a word of advice to joe so just Keep your mitts to yourself. Just stop touching people. It's weird. Stop sniffing people. Stop sniffing their hair. What are you, a dog? Stop sniffing people. It's weird. It's creepy. I'm sorry. It's super creepy. Stop with the kids and the rubs and the, it just stop. I'm not messing with you. Paula was like, Ugh. just stop. I got more on Biden. There's a really, really good piece out of Just the News, John Solomon's side. It'll be up in my show notes today. Please read it. Bongino.com slash newsletter if you want to subscribe to the show notes. This is worth your time. Joe Biden's lengthy history of fabrication, plagiarism, and racial controversy. Biden, wait, he's a character guy. Decent guy. Uncle Joe, the Scranton kid. As I give him Scranton kid, Notre Dame fighting guy. He's a Scranton kid. He's a liar. He's a plagiarist. The man has no character. He's enriched his family at your expense using power given to him by voters. Character? Ladies and gentlemen, I get it, the whole respect your elders thing. But you're not supposed to respect your elders when your elders are doing things that are going to destroy the country. The man has shown no evidence of character at all. This Solomon piece, I wrote down some of the things he addresses in the Solomon piece. Remember Biden? I finished at the top of my class in law school. He finished at the bottom of his class. 76 out of 85. Liar. Oh, Dan, that's one thing. Oh, no, there's more. He admitted plagiarizing in law school. Later got caught plagiarizing his speech from Neil Kinnock. A very famous speech, thinking nobody would catch him. He's a noted plagiarist. 
Even his website and the campaign plagiarized things on the Green New Deal. He told people he marched in the civil rights movement. He didn't. He told people he was shot at in Iraq. He wasn't. He told people he was arrested in South Africa trying to see Mandela. He wasn't. He's a liar. He's a liar. It's not one little white lie. These are big things. Listen to me. Everybody lies. I wish we didn't, but we're human. We're all sinners. Everybody lies. People lie about things. Ah, man, I got there five minutes early. Where were you? Meanwhile, you showed up late and a guy missed you, right? Who lies about marching in the civil rights movement? I was there, folks. I was there. Dan Bongino marched in the civil rights movement. No, he didn't. I wasn't there. That's a big thing to lie about. That's a huge thing. I was shot at in Iraq. You think people who were legitimately shot at in Iraq may get offended that you lied about it? I know I would. I was shot at in Iraq. I was in Afghanistan. I was legitimately. I wasn't shot at. Run around telling people I was shot at. We were shot at in Afghanistan. I wasn't. But let me tell you, the people who we were there with, these brave military men and women, many of them have been shot at. You were arrested trying to see Nelson Mandela? Kind of a big fudge, no? Way to fudge that one. He wasn't arrested. He was stopped at the airport. Yeah, it's called customs or whatever. You never seen that before? It gets worse with Biden. You seen this real clear article? If you haven't, it's up at the show notes today. Again, budgetcom slash newsletter. It's an older article, but it's worth your time. Bob Gates, who was Obama's uh, defense secretary, by the way, stands by his statement that Biden has been wrong on nearly every major foreign policy question. May 13, 2019, Tim Haynes, Real Clear Politics. Want the exact quote? This was Obama's defense secretary. He'd worked for Republicans, too, to be clear. But this is Bob Gates. They ask him. They're questioning him. They say, hey, he's talking about Biden. He's a man of integrity and capable of hiding what he really thinks. And one of those rare people, you know, could turn for help in a personal crisis. Still, I think he's been wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security issue over the past four decades. This is a question. She says, would that be an effective commander in chief? She's she's quoting what Bob Gates has said in the past. Gates responds, I don't know, but I think I stand by that statement. He and I agreed on some key issues in the Obama administration. We disagreed significantly on Afghanistan and other issues. I think that the vice president had some issues with the military. So how he'd get along with the senior military and what relationship, I just think it would depend on the personalities at the time. So he agrees with a statement that Obama has been, quote, wrong on nearly every major foreign policy issue in the last few decades. This is Obama's guy. Gates. Folks, the apocalypse coming if this guy is elected. Biden. I, I, I'm really I, I'm, I'm genuinely fearful about what will happen. These are some of the supporters he has, by the way. This is a video from uh, Ashley St. Clair does some work, I believe, uh, for Turning Point. That's a good video on her Twitter feed. Check this out. This is her at a rally. It's a bunch of Trump supporters. And there's one Biden guy walking by with a sign. There's a whole boatload. And there's something interesting on the sign. <laughs> Check this. This speaks for itself. Thank you. Thank you. So there's hundreds of Trump supporters and one Biden guy who's carrying a sign. The sign says, Donald Trump, you're fired. Y-O-U-R. Maybe spell check doesn't work for signs. <laughs> you hear the guy, by the way, rewind that, listen to it again. You hear the guy goes, we have a Biden supporter here, has to learn to spell. Kind of, <laughs> as you hear, and now you'll go back and listen, you'll hear it again. It's kind of funny. All right, one last segment is I want to move on. I got a lot more to talk about. But it, it, it is a major news event, even though it was a disaster. And I just want to correct the spin out there. The spin you're going to hear today is like, oh, Biden got up and did what he had to do. He did not. It was a disaster. And I'm saying that as objectively as possible. The speech was a mess. Not every speech Donald Trump gives is great either. Not every speech Obama or Bush or Abraham Lincoln gave was a knockout. Last night was a disaster. One last article, Washington Examiner, but an important one. 
you know, here's the article I'm talking about. David Drucker, he writes, it's not on David, he's, he's citing other Republicans. Republicans concede Biden did not look mentally unfit. No, no. Again, this is just Drucker citing what other Republicans. I don't know why Republicans are doing this. You saw what I saw. He did look mentally unfit. Did you watch the same speech? Listen, I wanted to get Paula on the show today. I want it seriously. I don't know what you guys think of the idea. You can email us, but I want him to like pull up a guest seat because she had like the best analysis last night. Her analysis was this. <laughs> she looked at me like, what is going on here? And I'm like, you need to, because I'm obviously a partisan. She's sitting there in the background. I'm obviously a partisan. I try to be objective. But it's hard. She's not as partisan as I am and can view things from a non-political lens because it's not her life like it is mine. And she looked at me like, this is really awful. I'm like, good, you need to do the show tomorrow. We'll turn the segment over. What do you mean? We'll do a Paula segment once a week. How would that be great? Sit around. Come on in, Paul. Be great. It was terrible. I'm really sorry. It was awful. All right, moving on to... You know, before we get to, let me get to my second sponsor. But California rapidly descending into North Korea. You ever see those satellite pictures of North Korea where the lights are out at night? They could show you satellite pictures of North Korea and California. You wouldn't even know the difference if you didn't have a map in front of you. Unbelievable. Folks, today's show brought to you by our friends at Simply Safe. Here's the thing about home security companies. Most trap you with high prices, tricky contracts, and really terrible customer support. There are a lot of options out there, but there's only one no-brainer. That's Simply Safe. We have Simply Safe. It is a security blanket for our entire house. We have cameras from them. We have sensors on the windows and doors. Super easy to put together. Paula put it up. Took her about an hour to do the whole house. It was that simple. Simply Safe says everything you need to protect your home. What are you laughing at? I was. I know she is. I was sleeping while she did it. I woke up. I'm like, we have an alarm system, right? She's like, yeah, just download the app. It was that simple. They have everything you need, none of the drawbacks of traditional home security. It's got an arsenal of sensors and cameras that blanket every room, window, and door, tailored specifically for your home. Professional monitoring keeps watch day and night. They can send the police, fire, or medical if there's any emergency. You can set up yourself in under an hour. I was sleeping while it happened. That's how quick it went down. Just peel and stick the sensors exactly where you need them. No technician needed. There's no contract. No pushy sales, guys. No hidden fees. No fine print. It all starts for how much? $15 a month. That's right. That's it. I'm not the only one who thinks Simply Safe is great. U.S. News and World Report named it the best, it's a quote, best overall home security of 2020. They weren't kidding. Try Simply Safe today at simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Get that right. You get free shipping and a 60 day risk free trial. There's nothing to lose for you. Go today. Simply Safe. That's S I M P L I. Simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Go today. So California continues to descend into North Korean-like madness. Uh, it's, uh, folks, when are you going to have enough there? When, when are you going to have enough? I love California. I do going out there for, soon for something. I love California. I like it. I eat at this acai bowl place. I know it's foo-foo and everything, but it's good. As I get older, I sadly, I'm losing my edge and I'm into like foo-foo stuff now, like acai bowls. Ordinarily, I would just eat a bowl of Cheerios, but there's my favorite acai bowl. I'm not going to tell you where because liberals will burn it down and I don't want them to do that. You know, tolerant liberals, they'll show up and probably kerosene the whole place. So I'm not allowed to tell you where it is, but it's really good. I like California. There's a lot of conservatives there. But the liberals are in charge monopolistically. They run the whole state. So now we have rolling blackouts tonight. California is descending into complete madness. Tiana Lowe, Washington Examiner. Rolling blackouts, no Uber, businesses flee. California's Democrats dream for America. Yes. Yes. It is turning into a socialist utopia and a real world hell. Sadly. Folks, what happened? Well, not only is California turning out the electricity at night, You know, people need oxygen and things like that. People on CPAP machines and otherwise people need refrigeration for their insulin. You have no power. Like, you know, the third world, like Haiti after the earthquake. That's California. One of the richest states in the country. It would take an idiot to screw up California. And that's what you elected, sadly, a lot of idiots. The Democrats, that is. Conservatives didn't elect these dopes. 
Not only is California subjected to North Korea-style blackouts, and I'm telling you, let's get one of those satellite photos. You see North Korea that's dark all the time because they have no power, and let's see California, which is dark too, parts of it. Well, California decided it'd be a good idea to drive Uber out too. You know that AB5 I told you, Assembly Bill 5? So they don't like Uber, of course, because they're in the pockets of unions. That's what big government liberal politicians do. They get paid off by unions, so they're in the pockets of unions. They don't like Uber because Uber's not unionized. So what did they do? They passed a bill that said, you know what? You're going to have to classify these Uber drivers as employees. They're not employees. They're contractors. They're the very definition of contractors. So what happened? AB5 was written in such a broad, awful fashion that they started not only putting Uber out of business, which was forced to close down, but was saved last night by a stay by a judge. Uber was going to shut down this week in California. I don't know if you missed this or not. That's a huge story. They were granted a stay by a judge, but there's a strong potential that by the end of the week or next week, Uber will be gone from California and Lyft too. All you kids that like Uber and Lyft and found a way to get around on the super cheap, (laughs) thank your California liberals. Socialism, isn't it great? Creating scarcity out of abundance. Socialism every single time. So what happened? The law was written in such a broad fashion in California to attack independent contractors that the backlash was severe. Eventually, people who write for journalism outlets who weren't full-time employees but would submit articles, they got fired too. Who else got fired? Independent artists, you know, musicians and such. Some of the people who vote for Democrats, where I I still can't figure that out. Why? Because they'd show up and in a gig economy, they'd show up at a club and do a gig. They're not an employee of the club. They're not a bartender. They're not a bouncer. They're not a waiter or a server or a runner. They're just a gig that shows up to perform their gig in the gig economy. Well, they got canned too. Who else got canned? A bunch of Uber and Lyft drivers, again, who could not be classified as full-time employees, many who happen to be younger, working in the gig economy, and would happen to vote for Democrats. Look at his piece uh, by Tiana Lowe. Quote, California's power is not as carbon efficient as clean nuclear energy, nor is it as cheap as traditional mass fossil fuels. If you're looking to drink your problems away, though, at a favorite dive bar, because you have no power, of course, well, too bad. Governor Newsom shut the indoor dining rooms, too. This is his socialist utopia they live in. If you want to sit on a patio, you have to seek out the establishments that survived the state shutdown. Soon enough, you might be better off just binging in your basement as the California machine is mobilized to abolish the ride-sharing apps that revolutionized the state. So you can't even get away from your home using a ride-share app and go visit your friends because there aren't going to be any. I was trying to take a note of some of the special things California has shown us in the United States through their model of socialism and Democrat monopolies. So we have rolling blackouts, shuttered restaurants, evacuating businesses, confiscatory taxes, rampant homelessness, defecation maps in San Francisco so you can avoid defecation. Not a joke. Wish it was. Not a joke. Defecation maps. Don't go here. You can avoid the defecation in the streets. And we have revolutionary ride-sharing apps being shut down. So you can go back to the old model of getting around. Your two dogs. Feet. Good luck with that. Hope you're having fun, Libs. Nice job. How do we deal with these idiots? All right, here's kind of an interesting article about the Lib meltdown happening. Washington Examiner. Liberals are melting down because Trump did the greatest troll of all time with the media. What did he do? He bought the masthead of the Washington Post. Did you see this? Did you catch this one? Washington Examiner, emotional breakdowns after Trump ads appear on the Washington Post website. Beckett Adams, Washington Examiner. What happened? This is great. The Trump team bought an ad on the Washington Post masthead. So when you went to their website, it auto-played. Ladies and gentlemen, liberals went into a tier one full-level 
apocalyptic meltdown. They couldn't take it that they went to their home base, the Washington Post. And when they went there, the masthead was dominated by the Trump campaign on auto pay. Look at some of these tweets. Here's Jeff Jarvis. Here's a blue check mark. Lib. No, Washington Post. No, no, no. How dare you? Were these pieces of silver worth the price of your soul? And it's a screenshot of the masthead. The masthead with the Trump article. Joe Biden, radical leftist. Here's another woman. Uh, Anita Zelina, losing her mind. It's way worse when you are not logged in. It opens up to an autoplay, full-page video interstitial that only has a tiny scroll to Washington Post footer. Genius move. Nobody <laughs> trolls the left better than the Trump campaign. Nobody. Genius. All right, just a little bit of light humor until we get onto some serious stuff. All right, I'm going to get to my third sponsor, but I've got an email I got from a fire department New York City official. I'm obviously not going to say who, rank, or anything like that. But it's fascinating what's going on there. I'll make it quick, but it's worth your time. Uh, stay tuned. All right. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at We The People Holsters. Listen, if COVID wasn't warning enough, the last two weeks have reminded us all why there's a Second Amendment. If the left succeeds in defunding the police, there might not be anyone there to help you. God forbid there's an emergency. You need to be properly trained, ladies and gentlemen, with your firearm. Safety and proficiency matter. And the first step to safety with your firearm is a proper holster that fits your firearm perfectly and with precision. And those holsters are We The People holsters. They're custom designed to fit your firearm perfectly. They're made right here in the USA. They're not made in the Chaz, not made in the Chop. They're made right here by patriotic Americans. They have thousands of options to choose from, plus an amazing selection of printed holsters. Their proprietary clip design allows you to easily adjust the cant and the ride of the holster. Not like those one-size-fits-all in the waistband holsters that just destroy your hip. You hate those, don't you? That's not the, you can adjust these We The People holsters, the cant and the ride. Fits comfortably and securely at all times. Support American companies like We The People holsters. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan today to get yours. Every holster ships free, comes with a lifetime guarantee. Get an additional 10% off with the offer code Dan. Satisfaction's guaranteed. If it's not a perfect fit, send it back for a total refund. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan, wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. These are some of the best holsters in the business. You're really going to love it. I've had mine for about four years now. Wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. Really great. Check out their designs. All right. So I got an email last night from um, a person in the fire department in New York City, and it was disturbing. And he said, listen. What's going on here is really, really awful. Again, this is the reason I'm putting this after the California story is because New York is not far, by, uh, far behind California in enacting a socialist utopia and a real world hell. So Mayor de Blasio, easily the worst mayor in the history of New York City, one of the worst in the history of the country, I might add, has spent the city into absolute bankruptcy. They're running out of money and they're running out of money fast because de Blasio wants a socialist paradise. He's been spending money on failed social programs, his wife's pet projects. I have an article up on Gino.com. He has spent the taxpayer basis money of New York City into oblivion. And they are, ladies and gentlemen, they are running out of money. They can't print it. There's no New York City currency. There's only federal reserve notes. Whereas the federal government do their Federal Reserve can print its way out of a disaster and create another disaster as a result. New York City doesn't have that. They don't have the money. There's no money. So this person sent me an email. And in the email, he said that New York City's threatening mass demotions of fire department officials, the closure of firehouses, the temporary brownout at night of other firehouses, maybe upwards of 20 firehouses closing. And that they're doing it as a worst-case scenario to extort the federal government to bail out New York City. Ladies and gentlemen, think about this. If you live in one of these neighborhoods and there's a fire or a medical emergency and you don't have that firehouse close by and they shut that down, these are literally life and death decisions being made because Bill de Blasio, Bill de Blasio is trying to extort the federal government out of more money. Instead of sitting down with the books, however ugly they may be in New York, and prioritizing and triaging your needs like any business would have to do right now. Government's not a business. That's the problem. Thank you. Sitting down and saying, what do we have and what do we need? The Blasio doesn't want to do it. So they're threatening to shut down emergency services in your neighborhood. No question these are emergency services. That's some joke. This is a, the real deal. They're threatening to do it 
hoping to turn the public against the federal government because de Blasio can't manage his money. This is really happening right now. To the wonderful human being who sent me that email, keep me updated because I'm going to follow this story. You'd rather see people die in their houses burned down because you're trying to make a political statement against Donald Trump and you can't manage your taxpayer base? Pretty gross. But again, indicative of where the left is right now. All right, this is the debunking part of the show. Oh, gosh, man, I'm, there's so much stuff. I hate Fridays sometimes because I have so much stuff I want to get in. And I just, it's very frustrating. So some of you heard about the story yesterday on the show about Steve Bannon, former advisor to President Trump, uh, who was arrested on charges, still allegations again, that they defrauded people through this uh, we, build, uh, we Build the Wall. Remember that? It was a private entity that did a GoFundMe to raise money to build sections of the wall. Your allegations, we'll see how it pans out against Bannon. Read the indictment. Um, I've worked fraud cases a lot. Uh, it doesn't look good. But again, leave it to the left to pile on and the left to make up ridiculous, far-fetched, otherworldly conspiracy theories to pile on. So you remember this? Do you remember, was it a couple months ago? The Southern District of New York, United States Attorney, the one who prosecutes is the lead prosecutor for all the cases. That's where Bannon, that's where he's being prosecuted out of this SDNY, the Southern District of New York. Do you remember a couple months ago, the United States attorney there, Berman, was fired, was asked to leave by Bill Barr. Remember he made a big stink about it? I'm not yeah. leaving. And Barr came back yeah. and said, oh, you're leaving. Remember that one? Mm -hmm. So, of course, Democrats who love conspiracy theories are trying to connect it to him and said, oh, wait, wait, we got it now. We got it. This is why Berman was fired, Joe, because he was looking into Bannon. And of course, you know, liberals who never, ever do their homework ever, of course, started tweeting it out and putting it on Facebook and elsewhere. This is it. Conspiracy. This is after the PP hoax and the post office hoax, which is getting dismantled right now, by the way. Mm. As Louis DeJoy is up in Congress, the Postmaster General just shredding every dopey Democrat conspiracy theory. The problem is Berman was already asked about this if he was fired because of any pending case. So you would think the Democrats conspiracy theory that Berman was fired because they knew Bannon was going to be arrested, that Berman would be the one to say that. Hey, I think I'm being fired because we're looking at the Trump people. Did he say that? Well, of course he didn't. We have the actual testimony. Uh, hat tip the oversight committee who tweeted this out in their account. Here's what Berman actually said when he was canned. Berman testified the attorney general did not mention any specific witnesses, defendants, or cases as reasons for why he was being asked to resign as the U.S. attorney. Here's the question they asked him. Did the attorney general, uh, did, uh, the attorney general did not raise any pending cases with you, did he? Berman, no. Another question. Was there any discussion of any particular witness that was appearing before the Southern District, whether it was in the Epstein case or anything like that? There was no discussion of any witness. Okay, can we debunk that one? Bed, covers, can we put that baby to bed? Of course we can't because Democrats don't do facts. But again, as a listener reminded me yesterday, and thank you for the really kind email. She said, Dan, sometimes you have to remind people when you're pointing out all the media malfeasance and the blue checkmark liberal brigades nonsense and conspiracy theories. Sometimes you have to remind them about why you're here. And she said in caps at the end, because you can find the truth here. Thank you. I forget that sometimes. I appreciate that. That email meant a lot to me. You're right. Sometimes I do. As I smash these media people's dopey conspiracies, I, I, conspiracy theories, I forget to remind you, you're not wasting your time. You can always find the truth here. So when you hear that silly conspiracy theory out from your liberal friends that they were trying to cover up for Bannon, you could say, really? Because Berman, the guy who was fired, didn't actually say that when they asked him. All right, let me get to my final sponsor and I got a couple more stories. We're getting to no matter what. I don't look. <laughs> I write two pages. Sometimes I got to write them. Today's show also sponsored by a friend at Helix. Helix, you know I love Helix, ladies and gentlemen, because I sleep on it every single night. Helix Sleep makes personalized mattresses for you right here in America. Ship straight to your door with free, no contact delivery, free returns, and a hundred night sleep trial. To choose a mattress, here's what you do. Go to Helix. They have a quiz. It takes two minutes to complete. And it matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why'd you buy a mattress customized? customized for someone else. It's because it's not customized then. You like a mattress that's soft, firm, sleep in your side, like me. You sleep on your back, like Paula. Or you sleep really hot, like me. With Helix, there's a specific mattress for each and everybody's unique tastes. I took the quiz. 
We were matched to a Midnight Lux Helix mattress because it's awesome. That's why. It's like sleeping on a cloud. Spent eight hours plus in bed sometimes. On weekends, sometimes more. I love Helix, but you don't need to take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ Wired Magazine Department Therapy. They earned it. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners. This is a great company, folks. I'd really appreciate your support. They've been with us a long time. Go to Helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash Dan. Helix, sleep.com slash Dan. Get up to $200 off your mattress order today. You won't regret it. Really good mattresses. All right. So again, in the media malfeasance department, it's incredible. We have had, um, how many convictions exactly have we had of the Trump family, the Trump team, Trump White House members, Trump campaign team members? How many convictions and arrests have we had for uh, Russian collusion? Hold on, Joe. Let me think about this. I'm going through this tough one. now in my melon. I know it's tough. Um, I'm going to give you my answer and uh, tell me if you think I'm right about it. Uh, it's a big zero, uh, a donut. These are my gripper thingies I do before the show. These are pretty good, by the way. Not not a sponsor, by the way, but these are really good. And then they have the gripper thingy like this, where you can like expand yeah. your face. So you get the backside of your forearms too. But that's a big donut, um, a zero. Yeah. Uh, we've had no people arrested for you. Yeah. Uh, Joe, have you, do you no, remember it? I think Just checking. Right. Let me probe that melon of yours. No. I, okay, zero. I am right. Thank you very yeah. much. Just checking. Paul, have we had any? <laughs> Paul, I'm just getting a three. Paul is shaking your head. No, we have had exactly zero arrests of the Trump team members or anyone associated with Trump at all for collusion. We have, however, had multiple FBI firings. We have had charges levied against people. And now we have the first guilty plea of an FBI employee for, yes, lying about the spying operation on Trump, lying about an official piece of evidence to spy on Trump. Washington Examiner, FBI lawyer uh, Kevin Kleinsmith pleads guilty in Durham investigation. Why do I bring that up? Because you're not hearing about it anywhere in the media, because the media has uh, chosen to sideline the story after three years of relentless promotion of the PP tape hoax. Four years now, you've heard nothing, right? No arrests, zero for collusion. Yet we have had arrests and now guilty pleas for FBI spying on President Trump and the manipulation of evidence. Fascinating, isn't it? Here's another story that's getting sidelined, too, that you haven't heard about. That's pretty darn big. The Daily Caller, Chuck Ross, who's really um, done some spectacular work. Huge hat tip. I don't know Chuck, never met him, but his work has really been on Spygate. Incredible. Ex-State Department official destroyed records at the request of Christopher Steele. You heard about this one in the mainstream what? media, right? Remember this one the other night? I'm gonna, uh, no, you haven't. Of course you haven't. You heard about it here because as that listener reminded me, here's where you get the truth. So this just came out recently. What, a State Department official was destroying email? Quote from Chuck Ross's piece. A former State Department official told the Senate Intel Committee he destroyed records in January of 2017 at the request of former British spy Christopher Steele, according to a report released on Tuesday. Really? Wow, that's interesting. I'm sure we've heard that everywhere. Fascinating when he did that. Can you go back to that clip a minute? So Jonathan Weiner, who we know was dealing with Clinton surrogates and Christopher Steele, who put together the PP hoax dossier. Remember him, Steele? That Christopher Steele asked him to destroy records in January of 2017? You would think that would be a big story, no? A State Department official is dealing with a former British spy working for Team Hillary to put together a dossier we know is fake. The State Department official who's working with that former spy working for Hillary was asked by that former spy to destroy records in January of 2017. You would think that would be a huge revelation, no? You haven't heard much about it. I wonder why. Well, what happened in on January of 20, excuse me, go back to that uh, Daily Caller piece again. It's really important. I want to make sure we are absolutely precise on this because you, I want to, you have, you, you get, this is going to spin your wheels big time. January, I think I said July. He destroyed records in January of 2017. Remember that. What happened in January of 2017? That a State Department official was asked to destroy records. Remember that Oval Office meeting? the Oval Office meeting on January 5th of 2017 in the last days of the Obama administration where Obama's telling the FBI to get the right people to investigate the Trump team. 
where Joe Biden proposes targeting Flynn for the Logan Act. That was the interview Susan Rice memorialized in that dreaded January 20th email, that ridiculous, absurd email. We're going to do everything by the book email. Remember that? Well, you know what's really interesting? That right after that meeting, it appears in January of 2017, that a whole bunch of records seem to disappear, including Jonathan Weiner's. You know who else's records disappeared in January of 2017? Right around that time, Obama's telling the FBI to get the right people to investigate the Trump team. Oh, Christopher Steele's too. Isn't this interesting? Here is uh, Christopher Steele's on-the-record testimony in a United Kingdom court. They ask him about his records. He says, quote, I have no record of it. They ask him, you have no record of anything, have you? I haven't gotten any records relating to the creation of 112. He's talking about Report 112. They say, well, what about any other memoranda? No, they were wiped in early January 2017. So no one in the media finds it even a little bit odd that Obama has this infamous January 5th, 2017 meeting that Susan Rice feels the need to write a CYA email about later. In that meeting with Comey, the Intel officials, Sally Yates, and others, where Obama says, get the right people to investigate Trump. After that meeting, records start getting destroyed at the State Department, Christopher Steele, and elsewhere, and nobody in the media finds this story even remotely interesting. I bring that up in light of the Washington Examiner story about the FBI lawyer who has now pled guilty for manipulating evidence in the case. Because I think the FBI lawyer is just a small piece of a huge evidence destruction and manipulation scheme. We haven't even scratched the surface on yet. But again, you'll hear none of that in the mainstream media. If you're not watching this show, you missed the story entirely. Mainstream media, right over their heads intentionally every single time. We're doing good here. We're doing good. All right. You're home for the truth, right? Right here. I promise you that. You have my pledge. Folks, if the coronavirus, switching gears here, if the coronavirus starts to become a significant, significant danger to your kid, or your kid becomes a significant danger to you as some kind of a super spreader, bring it home. I promise you'll hear it here first. I have no agenda. I'm not looking to get teachers hurt, school administrators, janitors, principals. I'm not looking to get kids hurt. I have no political point here whatsoever. I want the kids in school. I want the kids in school if it's safe. But ladies and gentlemen, you are being subjected to a 24-hour hype machine to keep your kids out of school for one reason and one reason only. The teachers' unions are screwing you over because they want more money. They don't give a damn about health, ladies and gentlemen. Not knocking the teachers. I'm knocking the unions. Great article in yesterday's show notes. I'll cover it today because we're a day behind these stories with this one. It was just we were loaded yesterday. Reason Magazine by the great Corey DeAngelis. School reopenings linked to union influence in politics, not safety. So Corey did a pretty exhaustive analysis here of where schools were opening for in-person instruction and where they weren't. And they found an awfully strong correlation between, you would think, right, if it's doing... Let's let's rewind the tape a little bit. You would think if you're believing the teachers' unions, right? Joe, the teachers' union statement is, we're not opening the schools because it's all about safety and health and local outbreaks and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. So you would think if that's correct, a fair analysis would be, well, where there's a significant outbreak of coronavirus, you would see more school closings. Yeah. And when there's not a significant outbreak, you would see more school schools reopening. That just simple correlation, right? It's about safety. Yeah. Big outbreak, schools close. Yeah. Not a big outbreak, schools open. That correlation doesn't exist at all. <laughs> but there is a correlation that does exist. It's between school closings and the strength of the teachers union in that area. Uh, Weird. Crazy how that happens. And oddly enough, even when you control for the outbreak and the level of infection, I thought you didn't know. Now you get the school. Here it is. Quote from the Paul is like, I don't have a screenshot. Now we got a screenshot. Genius over there. Here from the piece. In theory, school districts in unionized states could be more likely to go fully online this fall simply because they might be in areas with more COVID cases and risk. Yeah, it makes sense in theory, right? But, (laughs) but the data generally do not support that theory. 
The relationship between unionization and reopening decisions remains substantively and statistically significant, even after controlling for school district size and coronavirus deaths per capita in the county. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a strong teachers union, your schools ain't opening up. It doesn't have a darn thing to do with coronavirus. Safety. It's all about safety. Kids are super spreaders. Not true. Now, the teachers unions have engaged in the worst PR strategy in the history of humankind. Look at this Breitbart article as well. So somehow teachers in Arizona thought it would be a good idea to go on strike. Go on strike. I'd like to see that if farmers and food workers did that too, we'd all starve to death. But because the teachers union said it's okay, we're supposed to just say everyone else has to take a risk, but no, not you. Even though the risk is substantially lower when you're around kids. Arizona teachers stage a sick out, forcing the school districts to cancel reopening. This is really great. Teachers unions, you guys are really knocking it out of the park in your PR strategy. This is a great idea. Let's piss off 51% of the country. Nice work. Now, you may say, oh, come on, Dan. No one's really going to hold it against the teachers unions. Well, you'd be wrong. PJ Media has a really good piece on this. Teachers unions falling out of favor with Americans. Is it any wonder? Stacey Lennox, PJ Media. Teachers unions' approval ratings have dropped dramatically since they started this trade. They're down in the 30% range now. Whoa. Nice job. You're going to be down there with the media soon. Again, not a knock on teachers, but maybe it's time to pick new leadership. Now, what have I told you repeatedly? Because we do science here. This is your home for the truth. I've told you that the evidence, the science, which can change. Science is a series of testable hypotheses. Some of them change. Sometimes new information changes what you can test and what your hypothesis is. But the evidence to this point has been that kids are at very low risk for a severe severe outbreak of symptoms if they're infected with coronavirus and they are at very low risk of spreading it. As if on cue, Joe, as schools start opening, we get this report and it's from Harvard. Harvard. Oh my gosh, kids are going to be mega super spreaders again. This was the media pitch. Here's the actual study. And here's the headline from the Harvard Gazette. Children's role in the spread of virus bigger than thought. Oh no. <sighs> Everything we told you on this show was wrong. Here we oh. go again. Subheadline. Study found extremely high levels of SARS-CoV-2 in children's airways. This thing was everywhere because, again, the media does hysteria, not the truth. You read the study. And it's a Harvard Gazette's covering. It's a Massachusetts General Hospital study associated with Harvard. This has got to be real, right? Dan's been lying to us the whole time. No, it's a real study. Let's see what the study actually said. In a study of 192 children ages 0 to 22? Can you come back? <laughs> um, Joe, how old is little Joe? Uh, I think he's 22 now. Yeah. 20. Do you consider him your young child? Uh, he's a marine. He's, he's a, a marine. He's leatherneck semper fi yeah. marine. I, I'm pretty. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm reasonably. He's he was a, a man four up. years ago. Yes. I, oh my gosh! My daughter's 16. She's not my young child. Okay. Oh my gosh! I can't take it. The stupid. I'm sorry. I don't mean to move away from the mic, but I'm literally like my eyes are getting red. If you're watching on the YouTube, because this is like the comedy hour of stupid. You're studying children zero to 22. Maybe you want to like lock that down to like zero to eight or so. You think kids who are zero and adults who are 22 might be a little different? Just a tad bit. Well, what else was in the report that the media is hyping? Now? Kids are super spreaders. Massive viral loads are going to kill us all. Shut the schools down. Give the teachers unions more money. What else was in the report? By the way, big hat tip to Phil Kirpin on Twitter, who's been following this better than anyone in the business. This is where I got this from. Quote from that report. Transmissibility was not assessed in this study. Oh, it wasn't? Huh? That's not what I heard from the media. I heard that kids are super spreaders now. We all got to panic. 
Hunker down, Joe. Hide in your room under the blankets. Wear a full face mask with a plastic thing over your face and a full biocontamination suit. We're ready, Dan. We're ready. Don't leave your house no matter what. Get a full respirator and a gas mask. Uh, Let me read that again. Transmissibility was not assessed in this study. For liberals listening, that means they weren't studying how you can transmit it. Just the viral loads in the 22-year-old kids. Another part of the study. In order to make it seem again that the viral load in children was substantially higher than it is in adults, that was their conclusion. What did they study? They studied children, air quotes, 0 to 22. They studied them on infection day 0 to infection day 2 and compared them to adults at day 7 plus. Well, why would you do that? Well, you do that to get a hysterical headline about the viral load of children Hmm. being substantially higher than adults. Of course it is. They're at the beginning stages of an infection, zero to two, while the adults you studied were at seven plus when they're beating the thing down. I'm just asking, why, why, why'd you do, why'd you do that? Maybe to create a hysterical headline again that children's viral load, they're super spreaders. They are because that's not exactly what you studied. Transmissibility was not assessed in this study on these 22-year-old children, the preschool 22-year-olds. Now, you may say, because again, the media is hyping this thing. You can't send the kids back to school. Super spreaders. 22-year-old preschoolers are spreading this thing everywhere. Stop the insanity now. Shut the schools down. Give us more money. You may say, gosh, at least they did this study on like millions of kids who went back to school, right? How many kids exactly did they test that were asymptomatic but had a high viral load and tested positive for coronavirus? Millions? 100,000? 10,000? All right, 500? That's a decent sample size, right? Three. Three what, Dan? 3,000? No, three! Like one, two, three! Three! There were three kids who were asymptomatically positive. Three. So just to be clear, because you'll hear about the Massachusetts general state, you'll hear about super spreaders, 22-year-old preschoolers are killing everyone. They were not kids. Many of them were 22-year-olds. They didn't study transmission or how infectious it was. They studied viral loads and they compared it to adults who were already getting over the virus. And they found exactly three kids to study. Now, if you know anything about basic statistics, which most liberals don't, and media people definitely, I mean, that's why they're in the media, because they're not smart. I mean, you know, they'd have a real job otherwise. You'd go and find you'd go and find a real study. A real study of like millions or hundreds of thousands or even thousands. You may say, you will go find one. Isn't there one? Yes, there already is one. The Sweden study. That's right. But this came to a non-favorite narrative conclusion. So you have to hide this one. Here's the great Paula who found this study for us. Residential context and COVID-19 mortality amongst the elderly in Stockholm, a population-based observational study of, what is that, 1.8 million people? And they came to the conclusion that, quote, we found no additional impact of co-residing with children, even though Swedish schools have remained open for children below age 16 throughout the pandemic. The result does not support hypotheses of children as a major transmitter of SARS-CoV-2. Come here for the truth. Watch the media and you'll be under the mistaken belief that your children, your 22-year-old preschoolers, are coming home with massive viral loads compared to people already over the disease, largely. And you'll believe they're sneezing and killing everyone in your house. None of that's actually true, of course. But it made for a cute narrative. Now you see why during yesterday's show, we covered that Tucker, watch yesterday's show, we covered Tucker Carlson's monologue where he talked about how if you live in an area uh, populated by liberals and watch liberal media like CNN and MSNBC and you read the Washington Post and New York Times, you live in a universe that doesn't exist where 22-year-old preschoolers are killing everyone and bringing home viruses from preschool. Sneezing all over everyone and everyone's dying. 
That world doesn't exist, but you live in it. And that's why you know nothing. And you're proud of it. The mass general study. You mean the one that didn't study transmission? Yeah, that one. Infection, transmission. You realize you read the report, right? No, of course you didn't. You're in the media. You don't actually read. All right, one last story. Only I could wrap up, but I'm going to get through this. This Washington Examiner story was a good one. It's in yesterday's show notes. We're just going to cover it quick, but it's a good story on a Friday. It was in yesterday's show notes by Michael Barome. Blue and red America differences could hurt Democrats. He makes a great point here. I'm just sum it up this way on a, on a Friday after a great week of listenership from you. You ever see that shirt? It's a joke. I, when I was at uh, Six Flags Great Adventure once in New Jersey, when I was a kid, I saw this shirt and I left my butt off. It, it's, it's a joke, but the, the beatings will continue until morale improves. The beatings will continue until morale improves. I thought that shirt was hilarious. It took me a minute to get it. I was young when I saw it. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. I didn't get it. It was a joke. The point of Michael's article is a good one. He goes through a bunch of things. I'm just going to quickly just zip through a few of them here, but how Democrats are willing to destroy their own population of voting liberals who vote them in all to make a point known Trump. He makes the point how they're willing to emulate the New York strategy, coronavirus, although more people have died in New York per million than just about any red state in the country. How they're celebrating the response in these liberal states to mostly, mostly peaceful, Joe. Protests, despite these mostly peaceful protests, result in beatings, killings, mass burnings of buildings, looting on a mass scale. They're celebrating it because they don't want to admit they screwed up. So they'll rather have you uh, subjected to a coronavirus plan that gets you sick and have your businesses burned down and be beat to snot than admit they're wrong because they want to own Trump. They want to uh, keep up with the lockdowns. Why? Because Trump's against them. So they'll lock you down and bankrupt you. They want to follow the teachers' unions off the abyss, destroying the educational opportunities of millions of minority, Hispanic, white, Asian students, young women and men, lives destroyed because the teachers' unions told us so. But we got Trump, didn't we? We're going to lock it down. 22-year-old preschoolers, super spreaders, keep them out of our schools. And the last one in the piece he mentions, which he's right, they will even shun potentially life-saving medications and treatments all because Trump said they may work. You want to kill yourself and, 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 and eliminate a potential treatment because Trump said it may work? Do you realize what kind of sociopath you must be to do that? Nuts. Read that piece. It's a really good one. All right, folks, thanks again. It's been a really great week. I really appreciate your support. The show has been growing just at a near geometric scale these days. Thank you so much. Please share the show and please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, youtube.com slash Bongino. We really appreciate it. The subscriptions are free, but it helps us get recognized as we move up the charts, despite our tech overseers trying to keep our show suppressed. Thanks a lot. See you on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.